All right, peeps, it's me, the Kung Fu Genius. So welcome. Uh, here we are in a live episode. Now, we've done live episodes before, but what we've never done before is have me run the live episode. So I'm a little worried uh, that things might get a little screwed up, things might go a little sideways because I don't have Mikey Dean, I don't have Dre with me, uh, but we're going to do our best to give you a great live episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, so... All right, peeps, on this episode of the Kung Fu Genius, the genius will be answering all sorts of hot nonsense from YouTube Alive with that other Wing Chun guy. Let's get to it. And every day, I practice martial arts. All right, so here, uh, here we are. Let's see how this goes. So I'm going to bring up our guest. We got Topher. Topher, that other Wing Chun guy. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you, Sifu Alex? Good, good. Good to see you, man. And um, so before we get started, uh, you wanted to address some rumors regarding some origin stories. So let's just get that, let's just get yeah, that taken care of right away. So there is an egregious rumor that I was once on the Kung Fu Genius podcast, which is nonsense. I have never been on this podcast before a day in my life. The claim is that I was on episode 28. Okay. Not possible. As you can see here, I have photographic evidence from episode 28. It is that Dre. Is, that is very strong pornographic evidence that that is Dre. Absolutely. That is Dre. Okay. But more egregious is the claim that I had absolutely anything to do with the creation of a one Dreisen, Dr. Eisen, mm, any kind mm. of nonsense like that. But... Um... I, I do recall there was one episode where I had a co-host or a substitute co-host who might have looked something like you. And apparently the word is that that is when Dreisen made his first appearance. So how do you how do you answer that? I, I got to go back to the photographic evidence, man. Hmm. I, hmm. I, I put right there. It was never me. It wasn't okay. me. So then Dreisen, the, the origin, the origin story of Dreisen then still remains a mystery. So, um, all right. So a couple, a couple days ago, I asked on uh, Instagram, I asked uh, my followers like, hey, do you have any questions you want me to answer? And, uh, you know, I got tons and tons of questions. So I figured we would kind of go over some of them. Uh, but one in particular uh, struck me as particularly interesting. Uh, Sibu Brian Cuddle, who's a good uh, friend of ours, he's also been on this podcast before, asked, and it's also in the thumbnail of today's episode, uh, that uh, who do I think is the most successful Bruce Lee knockoff, all right? And I figured, all right, um, as I've mentioned many times on this podcast, I'm not a huge fan of the Bruce Lee knockoffs, the Bruce Lee lies, lays, all those guys. Um, that's a huge uh dark black hole of my kung fu movie knowledge because as a kid i refused to watch that stuff i've seen some of them and of course the term bruce lee knockoff is also a little it's quite generic so we got to unpack that a little bit um now the question was who do i think is the most successful bruce lee knockoff which is then an interesting question because who do i think is the most successful bruce lee knockoff um, like, is there success as a Bruce Lee knockoff or they are the most successful actor to have been a Bruce Lee knockoff? Because I think if we talk about the most successful actor to 
have at one point been a Bruce Lee knockoff is probably Sammo Hung, although his knockoff of Bruce Lee was a little more tongue in cheek and a little more humorous. Um, but he wasn't necessarily the most successful as a Bruce Lee clone because he he really played Bruce Lee more for laughs in like uh, yeah. you know I, uh, all of the you know Skinny Tiger, Fatty Dragon, and uh, it was a it was a loving Dragon. loving parody of the man. Yes, absolutely. But oddly enough, Sammo Hung, who's not at all built like Bruce Lee, not even close. I actually feel that he was one of the best, if not the best, in terms of getting the general Bruce Lee mannerisms, you know, like the whole, like the way he stood and the way he walked and the little things he would do after he would throw his punches. I feel like Samo really had that nailed down. What do you, what do you think of, of Samo's Bruce Lee impression? Samo's is, yeah, no, I have to agree hands down. Samo's is... It's it's the little things that when you impersonate somebody, that that are the tips and the tell offs. Yes. Samo had them down. Everybody yeah. else, and and frankly, all the other Kirkland Baron Bruce Lees out there. Uh, okay, cool. You can do the big motions. You can you can cut your hair like him. You can move around like him with the big motions. But it's the little tells. It's the funny little like like you said the little the little yeah. things that we look for that like. Bruce would just do and whether Bruce consciously or subconsciously did them when he filmed, you know, Samo picked up on that stuff so much better than anybody else. Yeah. And I have to go with Samo. And I, and I also think that because Samo very obviously is playing Bruce Lee for laughs, given that he has a totally different build and body type than Bruce Lee, he wasn't, he didn't get trapped in that like, oh, this is just a bad Bruce Lee imitation the way like Bruce, Bruce L.I. or Bruce Lay who are kind of trying to look like him. When they would imitate Bruce Lee with those things, it's like watching a really bad Elvis imp impersonator, right? But I think because yeah. Ammo made no bones besides maybe just wearing the same thing Bruce Lee would have worn, because he wasn't like shackled to like looking like Bruce Lee, he could do a more honest impression without it coming off like cartoony or as like a cheap imitation. So I think that was so his advantage, yeah. So is is Samo in that sense? Is he imitating Bruce, or is he imitating the caricature of Bruce the actor? Uh, yeah, I mean that that's a uh, well. Uh, obviously, what we're looking at here is an imitation of it's. It's almost like all the Bruce Lee, uh, the Bruce Lee likes are doing like a conglomeration of Bruce Lee's characters on film, and like no one is actually playing Bruce Lee. I, like out of the Pierre Burton interview. No one is doing that guy. Uh, I think the only time they tried to copy that guy was when they did the Johnny Walker commercial, which was a CGI Bruce Lee, yeah. where they tried to make him sound like the Pierre Burton interview Bruce Lee. But I think when you look at all these guys, they're kind of doing a composite of Bruce Lee from like multiple different films into like this generic Bruce Lee kind of imitation, right? But yeah, you're, you're right. It's, it's all an imitation of some version of someone that he played at some point on the film as opposed to being an actual uh, Bruce Lee impression. Now we got here Nelson Rome saying that, but not that my vote matters, everyone's vote matters at the KFG. This is important stuff. Thought Jason Scott Lee did a great job. Uh, he gets my number one spot and runner up is Bruce L.I. from Taiwan. He's not too bad. Now, Bruce L.I., Bruce Lai, he generally gets the cred for being like the best of all of those guys, mainly because of Bruce Lee, the man, the myth, which is the only Bruce L.I. movie I've ever seen. What do you think of Bruce L.I.? 
Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think I maybe have seen half of one of his movies. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the problem. And see, that's the problem with, like yourself, I can't stomach those movies. I, I, the whole Bruceploitation movie genre kills it for me. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I can't su really I'm surprised how many people, I'm surprised how many people who are really in the Bruce Lee can still also watch those movies. It's like, like how many Elvis fans like are like know the names of the different Elvis impersonators. It just seems like something a real Elvis fan wouldn't give a shit about. Right. But like yeah, Sifu Vincent Benitez, who's been on the podcast, okay. he's like a JKD Sifu. He like knows a lot about like, especially Bruce L.I. and stuff. I'm like, dude, you're a hardcore Bruce Lee guy. How can you be into this? Yeah, like, but, yeah. but, but Sifu Vincent's also a DC fan. So, I mean, that should really tell you where his priorities oh, are. Oh, you know what? You're right. You're right. That does say a lot <laughs> about him, right? Trying to defend all that DCU mess. Uh, and again, here we have another vote uh, from Daniel Barrier uh, for Bruce L.I. So he seems to be, mainly because people say Bruce Lee, the man, the myth is the most accurate Bruce Lee biopic ever done. And so I watched it and I didn't find it particularly accurate. Yes, he goes to Seattle, he goes to the States, it loosely follows something like his life. But the problem is I think if you're comparing it to movies that didn't even try to do anything like his life story, then yeah, it stands out for that reason, but not because it's like, it's like, I, I watched the whole thing and I thought it was, I thought it was terribly acted. I thought it was really shitty. And people say like, that's the gold standard. And I'm like, ah. I, I, I would ask them if they've watched, was it Bruce Lee, my brother? Yeah. That's the other thing too. Like uh, um, Bruce Lee, my brother, you, you bring up a really good point. Uh, I personally feel that that's the most accurate of all the Bruce Lee biopics ever told. And it admittedly only tells one portion of his life, it basically tells his childhood growing up in Hong Kong with spoiler alert, essentially the, the last scene in the film is him about to go on the boat and embark to go to the States and start that new journey. But I thought they did a really good job because it's really well told, it's well shot. Uh, they made Hong Kong through CGI actually look like the Hong Kong of the 1950s in a way that Yip Man 2 really failed to have a, a, an accurate looking Hong Kong yep. from that time period. Bruce Lee, my brother, looks really accurate for that time period. And it's also not an action movie. It's like quite literally no. Bruce Lee's story. And people are like, oh, it doesn't have that many fight scenes. Well, it has a few. And spoiler alert, Bruce Lee's real life was not a kung fu movie, right? And I think like people have a hard time understanding that. Not not in the least. Also, I'm going to give a shout out to Axel Stone here. That thumbnail what is his what he he changes his thumbnails pretty regularly Let's uh see. it was uh Here conan yep that's it conan and jason scott lee definitely has the most heart when it come or came to portraying bruce he might not have looked exactly like him but i think his performance was really good he made bruce lee relatable so i mean i think on the whole jason scott lee did a good job given the material he was given but i think that the the big stain on dragon the bruce lee story is how grossly inaccurate it is. So it's it's really difficult to say like, oh yeah, well all these people gave a great performance for a movie that very uh, very strongly departs from many things that are actually true about Bruce Lee's life. In some ways innocuous and in other ways, I think um, very uh, dishonest in the way they try to change some things in his life. So um, I don't know, but I wouldn't say if we come back to the question that Jason Scott Lee was the most successful of all of them, although maybe he was one of the most 
highly paid because I can imagine it was an American film. Oh, he yeah. definitely probably got more for that proportionally than any of those other guys got for any of those other films. But I don't know if I would say he's the most successful of the Bruce Lee knockoffs. Um, I, maybe so because people, have, a lot of people have seen it, maybe. I want to I wanna throw kind of a wrench into this. Um, right. We're talking about Bruce, Bruce Lee knockoffs, Bruce Lee imitations. And chat, sound off on this if you're with me. Uh-huh. Let's let's go away from actors altogether. Okay. Let's talk about Fei Long from Street Fighter, the greatest video game representation of Bruce Lee ever. Well, now we're gonna go into an area that is not my so I'm not a video game head. I I I I've seen some of these things. I know that um different video games have had Bruce Lee-like characters that kind Everybody of look like him and move like him, but I mean, um, I'm definitely so. So you say it's Fei Long? Was that Flying Dragon Fei or Long. Fat Dragon? Flying, Flying Dragon. Okay, okay. Uh, Depending Long. on the tone, it could be either. Um, either. Yeah. It would be funny if it was Fat Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> it could be Fei Long, like not Dragon, right? That would also not be kind of funny. Um, and probably a little more accurate to have him be not Dragon. Um, no. What video game is that? You said Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Okay. Street Fighter. Yeah. All right. And and so he looks like Bruce Lee, and they. Oh, I assume he also looks, has to move like Bruce. It, it is it is a point for point. He is he is every form of imitation of Bruce Lee there is. His uh -huh. entire backstory, it, it's it, his whole backstory is he created his own martial arts system and he's a famous actor from Hong Kong. Oh, so they just they straight up swipe to the whole thing. The whole they're thing not, beginning. They're to not end. they're not even they're not even trying, right? It's like yeah. No, no. It's funny because even even in the uh, in one of the comic book, because they do like a whole comic book run of it. Right. It's uh, he 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 doesn't exist in the same time like at the same time he existed like thirty years before everyone and he's killed on set or something like like ah, that. Okay, like, so they totally like, just appropriated that whole story. Uh, uh, here we got Axel Stone saying Fei Long and Martial Law from Tekken. Uh, martial Law, yes, I think Fei Long is uh, Fei Long is. They are both Bruce Lee JKD imitations. But okay. I think Fei Long is the little is, is because he is almost a point for point like copy and paste imitation. Whereas Fei Long as a Fei Long is is he moves like Bruce. He does Jeet Kune Do, but he's a police officer and this whole uh -huh. kind of like the backstory is very different. Uh, Lord Mon says he's finished the game as Fei Long. I don't is that, is that difficult or what? I have no idea. It's arcade mode. It's like depending on the setting, depending on which version you're playing, could be something like. 10 rounds that get progressively harder. So yeah, that's it. Hey man, Fei Long, if that's your character, that's your character. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, okay. Uh, but now we still need to narrow down who the most successful, so let's, we have to refine Sifu Cuddle's question here a little bit. We have to say, who is the most successful Bruce Lee knockoff as a Bruce Lee knockoff? Like who was the one that kind of, I, I suppose, made the, the bigger career? Now, obviously it's probably Bruce L.I., but I would actually, I think it's probably Kim Tai Chung, the Korean actor, because uh, Kim Tai Chung played Bruce Lee in the biggest Bruce exploitation movie ever made, which was Game of Death, which is the biggest exploitation of Bruce Lee's image didn't come from these smaller movie companies churning out these fake Bruce Lee knockoffs. It came from Golden Harvest itself Golden through Harvest. Raymond Chow via the the hot mess known as uh, the the late seventies game of death, right? Well, it, I fully agree, and I think uh, I think our our friends over at the Marshall Mania podcast, AJ and them, just talked about this as well because they they had a 
similar issue. And it every time, Kim Tychung, game of death. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he probably more people watched that game of death than watched a lot of those Bruce Bluetation films. And then also Kim Tychung reprised the role of Bruce Lee multiple times in different films, but maybe most famously in No Retreat, No Surrender as the yeah. ghost of Bruce Lee, the so-called Lee Daga. All right. So Frank, I, I've talked about this before because uh, it wasn't until I started learning Chinese many years later that I finally figured out what the hell they were trying to, what Bruce Lee was asking uh, the actor Kurt McKinney to call him. And uh, first he says, should I call you sensei? Which is kind of like the head shaking, like, dude, you're a Bruce Lee and Jeet Kune Do fan and you are suggesting calling him sensei? You should be stripped of your Bruce Lee fandom right away. Uh, first you would try Sifu, right? Mm -hmm. But then he's like, no, Lee Daga, you call me, right? <laughs> I was always like, what it's is Daga? Daga? So it should be Daiga in Cantonese. Daga is Mandarin. Which Mandarin, as you say. So it's yeah, like big, and, and big even, brother or big. Yeah, even when Kim Tai Chung was explaining, like, like the character Mo, the martial character, is made up of spear and stop and all. He was like using Mandarin, right? And it's like Bruce Lee did not speak Mandarin, sir. But then, to be fair, uh, neither did Kim Tai Chung. Kim Tai Chung didn't speak any Chinese. He was a Korean actor. So, it was, interestingly enough, one of the few actors, I suppose, who played Bruce Lee, who did, did not speak the language at all, maybe with the exception of Jason Scott Lee. I don't think Jason Scott Lee spoke Chinese at all. So, um, yeah, so I, I think it's Tim, Kim Tai Chung. I think internationally he did the bigger movies. Um, and I think he pretty much only did that. I, I don't know if any of those other Bruce Lee imitators actually... Uh, had any other um, any other roles they played? Um, Arif uh, Rahman or Arif Lee, the guy who played Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee, my brother. I thought he did a great job. I mean, he doesn't look exactly like Bruce Lee, but he did a good job of evoking Bruce Lee and the feeling and everything like that. So I think that Bruce Lee, my brother, is um, really one of the most underrated of uh, all the biopics about Bruce Lee. But hey, we have the new one coming out at some point from. Uh, Oh, uh, Ang Lee, uh, starring conveniently his son as Bruce Lee. Uh, what do you think about that? <laughs> Nepotism. Yeah, Nepotism. what? And how it works, right? I, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't fake being interested in that. I no, can't. No. I, I just. Here's the thing. I've read Matt Polly's biography. And in, in much Bruce Lee, much like Yip Man, it, it just look at what we know about them and look at how interesting their lives were. And then go to a studio head or go to a director, or go to a writer and ask, why don't you just write about what actually happened to these people? Because it is so interesting. Right. Exactly. exactly. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm sure the Lee estate has a lot to do with certain portrayals yeah. of. Yeah, I'm sure they but, I'm sure they will have their hands all over this thing, you know. Uh, well, yeah, which, but, which is uh, not actually a good thing um, because, no. you know, they've been trying to control the narrative and, and change a lot of things about Bruce Lee's life and uh, sanitize him in a way that I think doesn't actually do his um, uh, his image any any good. But I don't know. I think it's probably I, th I think Kim Tae-chung is probably the most successful in terms of like the intern size of the movies he did about Bruce Lee. I think. Um, Jason Scott Lee is probably the most well-known outside Asia. 
and Bruce L.I. is probably the most well-known in general as like for Kung Fu movie heads. So I think it's one of those questions that it's, it's like, depends who you ask a little bit, right? Oh, Mikey yeah. Dean Mikey. chimes in here and look what he wrote. I spy a Florida man. I don't know what he's talking about because I also yeah. technically have property in Florida now too. Mikey Dean, it's men, M-E-N. Mm. I get it. The, the Florida men education system's letting you down on that one <laughs> austria yeah where's he from he's from like new zealand or something like that i don't remember. i can never keep uh i can never keep it straight so for those of you who are uh joining us today in the uh chats uh we're talking about uh our who we think the most successful of all the bruce lee uh knockoffs uh was and uh we're also gonna take questions from you guys about anything related to bruce lee wing chun jeet kendo training uh, Hong Kong history, all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, you just go ahead and chime those in in the live stream comments, and I will do my best to get to as many of those as I can. All right. So, uh, so yes, go ahead. What, uh, on that same note, and we're talking about Bruce Lee imitation. What about the spirit of Bruce Lee? To which I have to bring up Ty Mac, the Last Dragon. Wow. <laughs> Is is Timok really given off that Bruce Lee energy? I don't know. I think Timok did a fantastic job in The Last Dragon. I mean, it's really a shame that he his career didn't really have a chance to go and and, and do anything else. That he was kind of like forever, you know, um, known as Bruce Leroy and was never able to to grow out of that. But yeah, when you watch The Last Dragon, I thought that. Timok did an exceptionally good, like he just moves so well and and think about that was his first movie and there he is being thrown into a Motown production and he's got Vanity and Barry Gordy is the producer and, and you know, he has to deal with other people who are already pretty well established and um, Vanity didn't even like working with him because she thought, um, because he had never done anything before, she was like really offended that he had this equal billing to her and and so it was a very interesting first movie to to do and i thought timok looked really good i thought he moved really well it's just a um it's it's just a, a shame that you know some 40 years later you know he that's still kind of the only that's... horn that he's 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 blowing and nothing else is, has come you know for him in terms of a career um we have andy loy here asked about what about philip from birth of the dragon nope uh yeah no uh, so, um, I, uh, but to be fair, um, I can't, act, I haven't actually watched that film. I've only, watched, oh. I've only watched multiple trailers of it and I've seen probably five minutes of it. Like it was on somewhere and I watched five minutes of it and I just said, no, uh, it, it just, I, yeah. What well, I mean, go ahead. You've seen the film. I, you? I've seen the film. I have mm -hmm. seen the film. And I will I will say this. Um, Philip Ng's Wing Chun that he brought to the screen was interesting. It was decent. It was mm -hmm. interesting to look at. Again, he came off as imitating an imitation of. Right. As yeah, opposed it, it, felt, it felt like a, like a, a multi multiverse copied and pasted too many times and then like you're you're watching some some kind of like copy of a copy right uh yeah i i mean again i didn't see the whole movie so it's not really fair for me to comment but um i feel that i saw enough and 
as a Bruce Lee nerd, I don't get excited about this stuff. Like you mentioned a moment ago, not getting excited about the new um, uh, Ang Lee movie. I mean, the same thing, like I'm a total Bruce Lee nerd. In fact, I just got in the mail today from Steve Carriage, the Bruce Lee Forever, the nice. editions of the photos in here, absolutely amazing. Like I still geek out about Bruce Lee. I would be very hard pressed to give a crap about this new Ang Lee movie. Like I just, uh, it's just gonna be another poor representation, another um, whitewashing and reimagining of who yeah. the Lee estate is trying to pretend that Bruce Lee was posthumously well, and, uh, and uh, it's terrible. I think, and that's, and that, that, that's another thing that kills me uh, is for those who don't know, I'm an academic. I work in academia. I have a degree in history and I love, yes, Mikey Dean coming from a Florida man that is low because it's in fact, one of the lowest States in the union. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, I loved Matthew Pauly's book is well-researched, well-vetted, well-written. Um, but whenever I see any of this stuff, I sit there and I go, a simple even the wikipedia search will tell you that this is just hot garbage yeah, yeah. and and it and it's difficult because like well, um sometimes i feel like you know we're preaching to the choir you're obviously a wing chun sifu and a, and a fan of the genre and the films and everything like that we've spent a lot of time watching kung fu movies together so it's like uh i kind of feel like when we have these conversations we're we're speaking to the choir but then every now and again, like I have a, a new student training at our school in New York. And uh, he came up to me and he was like, yeah, I really like martial art movies. And I'm learning more about Bruce Lee. And right now I'm watching this, uh, this TV series about Bruce Lee that's on Netflix. And we know what that is. It's actually the one guy we haven't mentioned yet, Danny Chan, uh, who uh, first played a Bruce Lee-like character in Shaolin Soccer as the goalie. And then from what I can tell was essentially just typecast as Bruce Lee from that Bruce moment Lee. on. Right. Uh, he got a job. Uh, that's kind of all. And, and Danny Chan is older than me. I'm 45 and he's still playing Bruce Lee who died at 32. And he's often playing a Bruce Lee who's in his twenties. And so at some point I think Danny Chan needs to fire his agent and, and start doing something else. Um, I think Danny Chan has a really good Bruce Lee impression. But I also feel that he falls into this weird uncanny valley sometimes where when you're watching him try to be Bruce a little more seriously, you don't quite know what you're looking at because it's like, like facially he looks close enough to Bruce Lee, but he doesn't really have it with the voice. And uh, so it, it's almost weird. It's like he looks too much like Bruce Lee that his voice not being like Bruce Lee throws the whole thing off for me where I'm just like, Breaks. you know what I mean? It's it's just like, ah, it's like we're just looking at a, an unfinished simulation of something, right? Oh. So, uh, yeah, I don't so know. You're, but you're saying not, the, uh, yeah. the, AI, the AI system that created him got just didn't quite get there, huh? He didn't quite get there. I don't know if you've used that new Lenza app that creates all those like AI images. I have. So I, I, I did that too. I've used a few of them for my profile photos because I think it's funny because the Kung Fu Genius is is not me. The Kung Fu Genius is like an amplified version of me for YouTube, right? So I like using AI representations of me because it's like the Kung Fu Genius is not a real guy anyway, right? Um, but sometimes like you'll get a, a batch of 100 of those made 
And there'll be a few of them that are like, this is something really off with them. Like the eye is in the wrong place or like the shoulders. Like, yeah. And I don't know, for me, that just feels like some of these Bruce Lee impressions are just like, they're like those AIs that just didn't quite cook right. And uh, something's a off. You, you're looking at it and the eyes are just a little too far apart. You're like, yes, wait a minute. Yes. Wait and a minute. Which I think then it's better if you don't look that much like Bruce Lee, like a Jason Scott Lee or someone else, because then... Yeah. That then the actor has a chance to kind of emote the feeling of Bruce Lee without it looking like a weird representation because now with computers, CGI, all of this stuff, I mean, they could basically perfectly recreate Bruce Lee. But I, I think that there would still be, it would still be something missing. So um, I don't, I don't know, man. Cause, cause Johnny Walker tried that and Johnny Walker's got some money and they still couldn't pull it off. Yeah, but was also that was also a few years ago, and it also was for a commercial. But yeah, it did. It, it's still stuck in that uncanny valley a little bit. Joshua Kane wants to know: Has Big Boss Two been released yet? <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure there is a, a Big Boss Two. I think there is. There, I yeah. think there's a Big Boss Two and the Big Boss Two, and like yes, just the slight variations of the bigger, name. bigger bosses. Um, yeah, we have here uh, Stephen Chen, Chen, Chen Kwan did the CCB TV show. Yeah, that's the one that we're talking about. Um, I, I think uh, that's one of the worst of all the representations of Bruce Lee, even though that Danny Chan looks uh, uh, quite a bit like Bruce Lee. I think that that whole TV series, and again, like I had a student in my school was like, oh yeah, I was watching this and I had to like, I felt weird because I had to put him straight like, oh, that's all fake. And he's like, really? Oh, I didn't know that. And the problem is the new people who are coming to it, they they don't know and they watch something like that and they think that they're, you know, watching some kind of, uh, uh, you know, historically accurate biopic. And it's like, it's not even, it's not even close. Um, yeah. So what do we got here? Uh, let's take some, let's take some questions here. All right. Um, got some fun ones. Does Donnie Yen look like Yip Man and the way he acts? That's kind of an interesting side question. Uh, quick answer, no. Um, Donnie Yen did not age himself up enough, in my opinion, for the Yip Man movies, especially look at Yip Man 4, the, the you know, uh, Yip, what is it like, Yip Man 4, Yip Harder, all right? Yep. Uh, and uh, it's just like- In space. Yeah, Yip dies or whatever, right? Um, he should have aged himself up quite a bit. He didn't do that. And Donnie Yen didn't even bother shaving his head, which is the thing that kind of, it's very off-putting for me because you look at actors like Anthony Wong, Wong, Wong Chao Sang, and when Anthony Wong played Bruce Lee, or sorry, when he played Yip Man, Yip he spoke Cantonese with a Fatsan accent because he's like a legit actor. Donnie Yen yep. sounds like a dude from Boston speaking Cantonese who doesn't want to shave yep. his head. And, yep. and, well, and on top of that, on yeah. top of that, Anthony Wong did did again little details. The way he held his cigarettes, yes. the way he smoked them, the way he everything, the little details. He tried to get as many of those as possible. Yeah, quality. Yeah, acting. absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, I saw here. I can't. I'm trying to look for it in the. Ah, here we go. Um, this question was uh where i was i kind of disappointed about yip man 4 in my case uh, i was uh because there were many fictitious events and characters okay so um it's really difficult for me to comment on yip man 4 i mean most people who watch the podcast they know that in general i'm not a big fan of the ip man movies uh although they do um 
they do bring you know new students to the school and they do help promote the art so there's that whole thing and that's great and i'm never gonna uh shit on that or anything but uh they also create a lot of misinformation and and they, but which does give us an opportunity to set the record straight in podcasts and when we teach um the reason why it's difficult for me to comment openly on Yip Man 4 is because I know a few people who are in that movie. They're friends of mine. And so um, I have a very honest and brutal opinion about that film, but I also have friends who are in it. <laughs> so uh, I, I always feel like uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll say a bunch of bad stuff about Yip Man 3 because I knew fewer people in that movie. And I'll just leave Yip Man 4 open. Um, no, I, I, the whole thing, him going to America and the, the whole setup. And this is when Yip is at his oldest and he's really fighting dudes at that age. I mean, the whole thing was pretty, pretty ridiculous. And I thought that the fight scenes were god awful. Um, and I say I like this the, uh, I like the part where he fought the cowboys. Nope, that was Once Upon a Time in China in America. Never mind. Wrong movie. <laughs> no, it's just you you could tell by Yip Man 4 that they had really petered out on the choreography for Wing Chun because Wing Chun is a style that's not easy to choreograph. It's one, it's it's small, short movements which don't always look great on screen unless it's filmed in a way where you can kind of get in there and see it. Uh, but the other problem is Wing Chun is relatively repetitive. You know, when you look at the um when you look at the the volume of different types of movements we have in Wing Chun, yeah, I mean, we, we do have some curved movements and kicks and punches and grabs and pulls and some things that are, you know, beyond just simply straight punching. Um, but uh, over time and over a franchise of four films, how many different ways are you going to choreograph essentially very linear kicks and punches and movements without it just looking like the same thing? And what I noticed in Yip Man 4 was a wholesale recycling of previously done choreography. Um, I would just see it, I would be like, oh man, they're ripping this off of Yip Man 1, they ripped this off of this, they ripped, like they were even ripping themselves off. And uh, it just felt like I had seen every beat in those fights before. Uh, it just, nothing really did anything for me. I didn't think the fight scenes were really that great. I mean, the actors give a really good performance. And and of course, the fight scenes in Yip Man 4 are better than most fight scenes in most films. But I think when you compare it to the other movies or you compare it to the other work of those actors, yeah. I wouldn't say it was their their best stuff. So uh, well, I would say, yeah. uh, you know, the, the biggest difference I think in the the later movies versus the earlier movies is Semo. Semo was, from what I remember, Semo's not involved in the later two movies. Yeah, he's involved in Yip Man one and two, and he helped with choreography for Yip Man one and two. But three and four, he's not involved anymore. In yeah. By the way, you're being corrected here. Stephen Che says, uh, "Once upon a time in China and America was Jet Li's bro." You messed that up. Oh, I messed that up. Sure. <laughs> it's always so funny because you will correct ourselves in real time and before that someone's like well actually <laughs> like, well actually yeah, i think we got it i think we got it uh you got it i go for here i don't know who this is who is uh hey that's nick that's nick nick um nick is from here from florida he trained with uh he came up and practiced with me and uh some of my boys a long time ago then he moved to columbus and trained with jose Oh, wow. What a small world, man. Yep. And now he's back down here in Florida. Uh, of course. Everyone eventually ends up back in Florida. 
Uh, so we got Nick Eclectico says, Yip Man 4 should have shown Bruce Lee's training at Yip Man school and in the USA as well. Um, yeah, but there's a problem with that. That's timeline. Uh, Yip Man 4 is supposed to tell the story at the end of Bruce Lee's life. Or sorry, at the end of Yip Man's life, um, which is also coincidentally not that far from the end of Bruce Lee's life. Um, and um, I think what a lot of people forget is so if you look at Yip Man 4, Yip Man 4 is like he goes to America because his son is going to whatever, like, and it's at the end of his life. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the final chapter, so to speak. And Bruce Lee's time under Grandmaster Yip Man, even though he didn't learn that much directly from Grandmaster Yip Man, he learned mostly from his seeing Wong Sun Leung. That was in the late 50s. So uh, timeline-wise, Yip Man 4 is not in the timeline that Bruce Lee learned Wing Chun from the old man. But I think people don't understand that. They have this idea that he was with him for years and years and years and years and, and then started making movies. It was like Bruce Lee was in the Wing Chun school for a very short period of time before going to the States. And there was a huge period of time before he came back to Hong Kong. I mean, huge relative to Bruce Lee's life, not really a long time in, in, in general, but um, there are big gaps in there. So Yip Man 4 is not the timeline of Bruce Lee learning from Yip Man. So it wouldn't have been in there. It might have been in Yip Man 3, maybe, or Yip Man 2. Uh, but yeah, timeline-wise, um, uh, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't really quite the right one. Uh, I would Let's see here. Lord Mon asks, I would watch, or he says, I, sh I should say, I would watch a series of Donnie Yen's Star Wars character. Uh, yeah, from, uh, from Rogue One. It was kind of interesting. Force-sensitive character. Mm -hmm. Oh, Andrew Lin says... Uh, he decided Florida was better than Ohio. I think there are a lot of people. That's true. I think there are a lot of god-awful places better than Ohio. They're yeah. You know the weird thing? Uh, my head, my association is headquarters in New York City. My association is the City Wing Chun Athletic Association. And every time my students are like, Sibu, I'm going to leave New York. I'm going to open a school in Ohio. See, well, I'm going to open a school in North Carolina. It's like, how come I don't have students who move to L.A. or San Francisco or somewhere exciting or uh, St. Petersburg, Florida? You know, what, 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 how come? It's always, it's always these weird places. Uh, hey, we got a cool question here from this one up here from Charles Damiano, uh, from, uh, uh, who's also from YouTube. I've done a bunch of interviews on his channel as well. And uh, Charles Damiano is a Bruce Lee collector extraordinaire, has all sorts of cool stuff uh, in his place, uh, 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 you know, Bruce Lee collectibles and whatnot. Why didn't Yip Man want to teach Bruce the dummy? Ooh. We are 40 minutes in, and now we're finally getting into the really juicy stuff, right? So this is a good question because it is not um, – it's not set in stone exactly why. There are certain people, you know, within within the – Wing Chun faction. I think it's it's hard for some people who are outsiders to Wing Chun, or maybe they're Bruce Lee fans but don't know a lot about Wing Chun, or maybe they do Wing Chun but they're not uh, very educated on the general Wing Chun community. They just maybe know that their school is cool and they like it there, and they don't know that there's like weird vibes elsewhere. Um, but within the Yip Man world, uh, there is a huge contingency of people who love Bruce Lee for helping promote the art and for being one of our, you know, 
Kung Fu family, right? One of the most famous uh, members of our Kung Fu family. And then there is an entire um, faction of Wing Chun people in the Yip Man lineage who don't like anything that Bruce Lee represents, the, you know, thinking that he was an apostate of the Wing Chun style and he didn't really learn the whole system and he's not qualified to teach and blah, 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 blah. And then you get like essentially a whole faction in Yip Man Wing Chun that are kind of Bruce Lee haters. So the problem is when you ask this question, the narrative is usually based on the guy who's telling you which one of these camps is he from, okay? Because uh, we can answer this like in simple ways and then we can speculate, but speculation, any speculation I have on the topic doesn't mean that it's true. Um, so uh, first thing, for people who are not super familiar with Wing Chun, the despite what a lot of people think. Day one in the Wing Chun class is not on the wooden dummy, all right? Everyone thinks like, oh, I'm gonna do Wing Chun, I'm gonna go and do a bunch of slappy stuff on the dummy, and it's, well, in most traditional schools, you start with the first form, Siunam Tao, then you go Chum Kyu, Biu Chi, then wooden dummy, and then if you're lucky, you can learn the pole and the knives. Some Wing Chun schools teach Siunam Tao and Chum Kyu, and then the first half of the dummy, and then you learn Biuji, and then you learn the rest of the dummy or whatever. So they, your mileage may vary. There are some variations within the different schools, but in either of those cases, the wooden dummy is not the first thing you learn. And Bruce left Hong Kong with only maybe two years of Wing Chun training and had not yet learned the wooden dummy, which I know is like shocking for a lot of Jeet Kune Do people because they see the pictures of him on the dummy, but most likely what he did on the dummy, he, um, in Kung Fu terms, uh, did not, I don't mean this in a negative way, he stole it from other people, all right? He saw his Si Hings practicing on the dummy, he saw other people doing stuff, and he kind of copied it in the corner and kind of cobbled it together himself. Plus, even if you've learned basic Wing Chun, you can take your basic Wing Chun and do it on the dummy, even if that's not the form. So there were a lot of things that Bruce Lee could do on the dummy that didn't necessarily imply that he had formally learned the wooden dummy techniques from his Sifu, right? By the way, I think my, my kids are coming home from school now, so be prepared for there to be some noise and chaos. I, I don't think I told them that I would be recording in the uh, in, in the dining room today. So, well, so and, and, listening, I, I'm preparing you for what may be a few minutes of chaos. And so, I'll say I'll say yeah. this. Um, even when I learned, uh, started learning the wooden dummy, um, beforehand my seafood had me doing simple things like practicing my bong sao against the wooden dummy, practicing my pok sao against the wooden dummy, uh, tanda things like this. You know, it's it's. He understood that like getting to stare at a dummy is nowhere near as cool as getting to touch a dummy, and yeah. that is because. That is because he spent years staring at a wooden dummy and was told right. you're not allowed to touch that. So yeah. yes, exactly, um, exactly. But but you know, you brought up a good. Just it's one of those. Yes, it comes later in the system, and I would love to. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe one day, you know, who might have some insight on that is Sifu David Peterson, because Bruce did train with the great Wang Chung Lung, and yes, who knows. Yes. Maybe, well, maybe I mean, there's some... I, I, so, so let me let me finish telling the story for for people who don't know. So yeah. The story was that when Bruce Lee went back to Hong Kong in the uh, mid '60s, he had about he had two trips that he had done. One, uh, the famous trip with Doug Palmer, and then another one shortly after Brandon was born. 
and I think it was the one after Brandon was born that the famous wooden dummy incident thing happened. By the way, shout out to Handy Technique for sending us $4.99. Uh, see, hey, see, Alex, love your insight, knowledge, and content. Keep up the good work, sir. Thank you so much. Thanks for supporting us. Definitely appreciate that. Um, so the story is on one of those two trips, most likely the second one shortly after Brandon was born, uh, which was also the same trip where Bruce took those photos with Yip Man uh, and, uh, and also his friend Tanlo, but Robert Chan, sometimes playing the bad guy, doing some Choi Le Fat and stuff like that. Uh, that supposedly Bruce Lee had asked uh, Yip Man if uh, he would finish teaching him the wooden dummy or teach him the wooden dummy or whatever it was. And Yip Man famously refused, all right? And uh, the problem is that when you, um, when you ask that question, the reason why, again, depends on the narrative, depends on who wants to tell you what. So on the Bruce Lee haterade side, uh, you have two explanations, okay? The first explanation is, well, Bruce Lee was not yet qualified to learn the wooden dummy. He had not even properly learned the buji. So, um, you know, what's he doing learning the wooden dummy? Like, there was a, a qualification issue, right? You have to learn the buji or at least some of it before you can learn the wooden dummy, let's say, right? And Bruce didn't have that. Uh, that's one kind of on the Bruce Lee haterade side. And that that one very well may be true. That might be the whole thing. I don't know. Um, it just always depends on the tone of which these things are said. Uh, the other one uh, is that, uh, you know, Yip Man being a very proud man uh, was um, felt somewhat insulted that Bruce Lee was offering him all this money to teach him the wooden dummy because the story was, and I talked about it with John Little when I had him on the podcast, that, uh, um, you know, that Bruce Lee, you know, had some money that he got as an advance before he got eventually to do the Green Hornet. So having some money, he had some money to give uh, to give Yip Man to pay him the wooden dummy because the wooden dummy was traditionally very expensive to learn. Uh, the late Chan Chi Man told me he had to borrow money from his brother to be able to afford to learn the wooden dummy from Yip Man in the 50s because Yip Man charged a lot for that. It was the advanced thing. You had to be qualified. You had to pay. And Bruce had some money supposedly from that advance he got from ABC. And it was the equivalence of a of an apartment in Hong Kong, all right. Um, but it, that doesn't mean the the to pi, buy an apartment outright. It meant maybe like one month's rent or something like that, right? And then you know Yip Man was like, you know, cannot be bought and doesn't want to accept this. No matter how much money, he cannot be bought and just teach the Wing Chun or whatever. Which is funny because uh, Yip Man very clearly had no problem taking money from most of his other students when they paid him uh, so that they could learn something. But yet somehow we're meant to believe that in this moment with Bruce Lee, he was too proud to accept that money or something like that. So I, I don't really believe that. Um, I believe it probably had something to do with a qualification issue uh, or for whatever reason, just Yip Man didn't feel like teaching him or whatever. I do know yeah. that supposedly on that trip that Bruce Lee did actually learn the Buji form from Leung Sun. Uh, that he actually went to Lang Sung School to learn the Buji form, but that's also hearsay. I mean, that cannot be said with any uh, with any authority, as most of this stuff um, can't can't really be said like for sure. So um, yeah, so then of course the Bruce Lee haters are going to say, and since Bruce Lee could not finish learning the Wing Chun style, uh, that it's for that reason that he coined the term Jeet Kune Do, because once you you can no longer move forward in a style 
you've hit a roadblock, you can't learn anymore in there. So what are you going to do next? You're going to create your own style. Now, I don't feel that that's the reason why Bruce Lee created Jeet Kune Do because he didn't learn the wooden dummy techniques. I find that actually a pretty absurd thing, but that is a that is one of the speculations brought about by people who just are kind of Bruce Lee haters. So uh, we don't. the truth is we don't really know why Yip Man did not teach Bruce Lee, but we do know that it did put a little bit of a um, shadow on their relationship for a few years. That was the mid-60s. Yep. And according to some of Ted Wong's students, once Bruce Lee had coined the term Jeet Kune Do, you know, the old man was none too pleased because you're basically declaring yourself an apostate and uh, then um, supposedly was going to send somebody to come and beat up Bruce Lee. That was the big story, right? And I talked about that on another yep. podcast and I gave some insight uh, on that for our uh, Patreons. Uh, so I don't want to I don't want to go over that stuff now here too. But um, yeah, there are a lot of um, there are a lot of interesting stories out there. It's very difficult to parse out what's what's correct and what's not, right? So uh, we don't uh, we don't really know we don't really know. So here we got another one again from Nick Eclectico. I hope I got that one right. Uh, what do you think about certain Wing Chun people who claim to teach the most complete Wing Chun? I read someone claiming that Wing Chun Kun is the only line of uh, that teaches the complete system. Well, um, you must be new to the Wing Chun world if something like this is uh, <laughs> is a revelation for you. Uh, I think most of the Wing Chun people out there, especially the more prominent ones, in some way claim in their own way to teach the complete and the authentic and all of that kind of stuff. Now, uh, where the comment is a little in error, in error is uh, the spelling V-I-N-G-T-S-U-N. That spelling does not belong to any one particular lineage. Um, the the V-T spelling is used by uh, proponents of the Wong Sanang system, the Moyat system, many other systems. So that, that V-T spelling is used by a number of different schools within the Yip Man lineage. So it's not like W-T, uh, which you know is like from the Leung Teng line of Wing Chun, uh, VT is not a specific line of Wing Chun. So, so it's a bit of a non sequitur to say that the V-I-N-G-T-S-U-N spelling is the only complete one because that does not represent one particular line. There are a number of people who actually use that name. So, um, yeah, of course, everyone in some, in their own way somehow uh, tries to claim that they uh, teach the most complete or whatever. Um, the, uh, here we got uh, the, the most complete. Theory. Yes, the most complete, the most perfect, the most absolute line of wing. It happens to be just this one school <laughs> and no other one, right? Yep, uh, it's uh, it's. I can tell you right now, it is taught by an awkward, geeky dude in Sarasota, Florida, at the park twice a week. In case anybody <laughs> out the there is wondering, that's, that's the only that's place you get the it. Right? Most authentic. Yes. Yes. Uh, legendary on 99, Chris Chan said Bruce would rage quit during Siunam Tao. Um, that's the exact opposite of what I heard. I heard that he would actually play the Siunam Tao form all the time, including when he was walking down the street. The late Sifu Chan Chi man told me that Bruce Lee would walk down the street doing the Siunam Tao form. Uh, you know, they would just walk down in some Po and he would just be doing the Wu Sao and the Fok Sao and everything. And then Chan Chi man told me, he was always, always telling him, hey man, stop, quit because people are already looking at him because he's a, you know, a, a child movie star. And there he is doing the form in the air. So I didn't know that. Also, I, I believe that Chris Chan and Bruce Lee's relationship has been 
greatly exaggerated. There are not really a whole lot of people in Hong Kong who know of this Chris Chan guy. Um, he seems to have made more claims stateside about his relationship with Bruce Lee in a way that in Hong Kong, no one no one really knows who this guy is. Um, yo, we got a what's up from... We got a what's up from New Zealand here. I don't know if that's referencing uh, what you talked about, uh, Mikey Dean, there a moment ago. Hey. Uh, it's quite possible. JKD Merit Master in the house. What's up, y'all, foul dog? What's that? <laughs> uh, great commenter. He's always there for us. Uh, Arnell in the house. Arnell's one of my instructor level students. That that sounds like every place in New York that has the original. Talking about Ray's Pizza. Uh, for Raised. people who are new to New York, every time you come, you will see the originals Ray's Pizza. Every single Ray's Pizza is the original one. And no one, and even New Yorkers, no, no New Yorker can really tell you. There are people that say, no, 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 I know it's this one here. I saw an internet article that said it was that one. But the truth is, no one really knows. Um, so here we got another one, Neutral69. That's an interesting name there. Uh, would Jet Li play a great Bruce Lee? Um, I don't know. I, th I think he's uh, his mannerisms are very different. Plus, he's yeah. a Mandarin speaker, um, and mainland Chinese are culturally they can be pretty quite different from Hong Kong Chinese, and especially Bruce Lee, who was also American. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know if Jet Li would be the best because he doesn't have any, uh, in my opinion, he doesn't have any kind of Western. Um, yeah attributes like the way that bruce lee bruce lee was like very western in many ways and uh but he did kind of play a bruce lee like character in uh fist of legend all right uh where it was basically a remake of um uh fist of fury what, what did you think of fist of legend i think it's one of my favorite movies i enjoyed it you know, fist of legend is fist of legend is just one of those creme de la creme kung fu movies it has a little bit of everything you'd want, and it even has my boy Yasuaki Karada in it. Like, what's up? Bam, bam, bam. And no, he does. He has he 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 has that kind of a good, especially when he gets in and he starts doing the skipping and the uh, the little little bits and stuff. Jet Jet does a really good job with the kind of the fighting and the choreography. But even then, he's not imitating Bruce Lee. No, he's just he's playing a completely very Jet Li like character. Yes. As far as what we know, miss, but he just is using kind of that more refined Western boxing style, boxing footwork, uh, more modern takes. Right. Absolutely. Nick. Yeah. You, you made a really good point that even there when he is, um, yeah, starting to hop around and kind of do something very similar to what Bruce Lee did in uh, Way of the Dragon, um, he still does it in his own way. Like, so he's not like trying to like look like Bruce Lee or anything like that. And I think he does a. I think he actually does a pretty good job of that. Yeah, I think Fist, Fist of Legend is is pretty damn awesome. And I think uh, if people haven't seen that, that's a great first Jet Li movie. Uh, if Which, people haven't seen it, I mean, and it is, and it, it's it's great in the sense because it's also it's a remake of a Bruce Lee movie, mm -hmm. and it's it. But Jet Li does a his own thing, right? Pretty and much it's a smart it's and, a smart remake too because they they didn't. They changed some elements of the story, which I actually thought improved upon the original, like the, the um, you know, the love interest, like the Japanese love interest I thought was really interesting. Yep. And some of the interplay between him and some of the other members of the school and the jealousies and stuff, I thought um, it, it, it was like a more fleshed out version of, uh, of Fist of Fury. Um, by the way, uh, another $10 in from Nick. All right, Nick Truesdale, uh, Topher and I have been trying to get together and train. 
but our schedules are very different, so it makes it difficult. Yeah, but you keep trying. That's the way to do it. Uh, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Appreciate the support. Uh, directing your pizza to Daddy Green's Pizza. That's a last dragon line right there. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Hey, Carlos Estrella in the house. Hope you're doing well, man. Uh, let's see here. Well, I'm getting used to using this software here, so you guys have to uh, stay. You have to bear with me here. I'm scrolling and doing this at the same time. Here's a thought. I generally think the only guy that had Bruce Lee's screen charisma was also in Enter the Dragon, Jim Kelly. Uh, yeah, Jim Kelly had a lot of, definitely had a lot of charisma. I mean, very different from Bruce Lee in terms of the portrayal of the character. But yeah, they're kind of the two most interesting cats in that whole movie. Although I would love to have gotten, as much as I'm not a big fan of like um, remakes and uh, reboots, uh, it'd be kind of fun to have a movie that was like Han's backstory. How did Han become a fallen monk at the Shaolin? Oh Jungle? no, you know that right? It's that, that that what's that mo the modern trend where we have to like examine every villain and find out well they're really not a bad guy they just had like here's the circumstance they're just misunderstood yeah misunderstood yeah it, it sounds like a good idea uh, uh, on paper but then it's like yeah but this is the problem with modern cinemas it's just rehashing and remaking stuff and then like you know let's find out the backstory of Cruella Deville because everyone cares about that right. Uh, I think it's kind of, uh, yeah, perhaps a bit problematic. Although I do want to know, what, how did Han become a fallen monk? There's got to be a story there. Uh, Arnell says, on that topic, Donnie Yen also did his own adaptation of the Chen Zen character, right? Now who's the best Chen Zen? Oh, yeah, that's right. There was the, the, um, the uh, man, I forget the name of it. Like, leg legend of... Legend of the Fist? Legend of the Fist or Legend of Chen Zen or something like that. Yeah, I remember oh, I like saw that. that. I thought that movie was kind of bad. Uh, I thought the movie was pretty terrible. The fight scenes were okay. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll give uh, I'll give best Chenzen to Jet Li still. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, outside of Bruce Lee, it's got to be it's got to be him. Although Donnie Yen, thank you, uh, Donnie Yen also played Chenzen in a TV series, a, a Fist of Fury TV series back in the nineties, uh, which I, I saw way back in the day. It's just like a typical kind <laughs> of TV style. Um, TV series with uh, where he played the, the the main character and it was basically the Fist of Fury movie but told over I don't know 24 episodes or something like that. Um, yeah, what else we got here? Uh, Kim Tai Chung was a good Bruce Lee uh, imitator. Yeah, for sure. I'd still think he's he's definitely probably the best there. Uh, we got Kevin Maley, all right, who I think is coming to Hong Kong with us. That claymation Bruce Lee that fought the Karate Kid in the Lipton Ice Tea commercial. <laughs> Good. Wow, that is a deep cut. I, I haven't even thought of that one for a really long time. Yeah, there is a uh, a claymation Bruce Lee and a claymation Karate Kid from that um, that that tea those Lipton Tea commercials back in the day. They had Rocky, they had all sorts of stuff. Yeah, they did a bunch of those, man. I remember those. Brisk yeah. baby. That's right. It's brisk baby. Cool. Uh, we got another five bucks in here from the Panda. Thank you so much. I think Dryson is learning from Florida man, Ving Chun Kun. <laughs> I think so too. That's where he is. By the way, the whole like no Dre thing really sent everyone like in a tizzy. And I can imagine when this episode comes out or when people see this episode, they're going to be like, see, Dre's not there. Something's going on. Dre's, Dre's but, uh, gone. Yeah. The truth is that, um, yeah, Dre's has got a lot going on. So does Mikey. Mikey has grand jury duty, unfortunately, okay. for the next like two, three weeks. So he's in that every single day. So that's why he's not here. Dre's got his stuff going on. 
So I've been like without a partner and without a sound crew for like weeks now, which is why I'm doing more of these kind of uh, these kind of things in the next few weeks while they uh, they get their stuff together. But uh, Mikey Dean, speaking of the devil, Bruce T. Bruce yep. T. Bruce T's the Bruce best. T. All right. Uh, wasn't a claymation Bruce Lee in Celebrity Deathmatch also? I don't, I don't remember. It's quite possible. Uh, I don't. I didn't see all of those. I know there are people who are like really, um, really up on that stuff. Uh, but uh, I, I remember watching a few of those Celebrity Deathmatches, but oh, I don't man. remember if there was ever a Bruce Lee one. Dre, Dre's in the chat. What? Dre's Dre. in the chat? Dre is in the chat. Holy cow. Holy cow. You're right. Dreyson is everyone. <laughs> Dreyson is no one. No one should hey. be Dreyson. Although I, I imagine at some point in the future, we're going to have a t-shirt that just says, we are Dreyson. All right. Um, yep. Kevin we is coming to Hong Kong. That's right. Yeah. So um, nice. that's right. I mean, yeah, Kevin is coming to, um, to Hong Kong with us. I'm going to put that in the banner below. If you guys are interested in coming to Hong Kong on the uh ultimates hong kong kung fu tour with me uh, which is in august this year um there's information in the link below of this episode you can click on it and get more information about the hong kong trip i'll probably be closing that up in about two months because it's already starting to get full and if you're interested in coming on that uh, uh just go and click that link below uh it's probably the best way to see hong kong if you're a kung fu fan is with me uh, i can show you all the bruce lee and wing chun and kung fu stuff and uh yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, we got Dre here, Shocker. All right. Shocker. Um, yep. Shocker. That's their, that's their thing. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Boom. Vortex Sophia. The bridge came in and harmed the innocent. And he decided on direct action, causing the ostracizing by monks and the loss of his hand from cops. He went ACAV and started an island, an island Doctor Evil arc. Yeah. So going back there to go. how did Han, how did Han become a fallen monk? Uh, yo. And then Mikey Dean and his puns. I prefer Bruce Gee. Um, poem Stephen J writes. Let's see here. Still getting a hang of this guy. Sorry. WT is the Langting line. Yes. WT is the spelling used by the Langting line, whereas both WC and VT spellings are. For all intents and purposes, I would say generic spelling of the Wing Chun style, meaning they're not they're not saddled with any one particular um, lineage. Um, wow! Hey, we got another five bucks in here from Nick. Thank you so much. Ever seen an impersonator called Abbas Alizada, the so-called Afghan Bruce Lee? I've seen some photos of that I guy. Have. He was recently have. in the UK. I think I saw Steve Carriage or someone with uh, the Afghan Bruce Lee. I don't know. Uh, does the guy actually do anything like Bruce Lee, like, or he just flip nunchucks around, or what does that guy do? Uh, I think I've seen like I think he does like move imitations and stuff, but I don't, I don't know if he's real. Possible. I don't know if he's like a. Yeah. Ah, legendary on ninety nine. What are some of the lesser known obscure Bruce related media? Fistful of Yen comes to mind. A twenty minute parody from nineteen seventy seven. You know what he's talking about there with Fistful of Yen? I have not seen that. So Fistful of Yen is an Enter the Dragon parody that is in the middle of the Kentucky Fried movie. Oh, my God. And the Kentucky Fried movie is like one of those silly movies that was made, I think, by the same guys who did like Airplane and like a Naked Gun, like those like really silly yeah. slapsticky kind of movies. And if you watch um, the Kentucky Fried movie, which is uh, a wholly inappropriate film for 2023 standards, um, which makes it great, by the way. Uh, it just randomly in the middle of that movie, 
there's a 20 minute Enter the Dragon parody. And it's ridiculous. It's absolutely, I don't want to spoil too much because first of all, most of it's too inappropriate for me to repeat. Uh, but you should, you should definitely go check it out if you haven't seen it. It's ridiculous. Even if just to watch for that 20 minute parody in there. So uh, Dre Eisen prefers El Bruce Elvis Press Lee. Aha, uh -huh, that's one of those terrible puns that we always get. Uh, hey, we got Nick again. Uh, $10. Thank you so much for supporting. How do you feel about Chishong Teen lineage of Wing Chun Manfo? Wing Chun teaches lineage on YouTube, if anyone is curious. Uh, so I usually don't comment publicly on different Sifus um, just because I feel it would be kind of an abuse of my platform. I mean, I talk about different lineages and different people when they are uh, part of the story that I'm telling, or they're historically um, relevant to whatever I'm talking about. But I generally don't go like, all right, let me tell you what I think about this guy's Wing Chun. I think that um, there are enough YouTube channels that kind of do that and think that their opinion about other seafoods is something that is super important. So I, uh, I generally don't do it. Um, not, and that's not hiding me from saying anything negative about him. The problem is that if I praise one Sifu, and then someone says, well, what do you think about this guy? And I choose not to talk about that guy. Then they're going to go, ah, it must be because he doesn't like him. But because he talked about that guy, but he didn't talk about this guy here. So um, in an effort to not to, to, to not get caught in that situation, I just generally don't talk about any sivus or lines or anything in particular. Also, I, I teach Wing Chun myself in New York in a, a very highly prominent place. So for me to go like, well, let me use the platform of my podcast to tell you what I think about someone who also does, who's in the same field as me, I think it's not really the most ethical thing to do. So um, I generally try to avoid that like the plague. Frankly, there are plenty of Sifu out there who abuse their platform to belittle others on the internet. And yes. it is kind of, kind of obnoxious, especially when you're a, a, a online and publicly yeah, I just I just didn't find it a good use. I, I feel that it doesn't yeah. like uh, it doesn't move the conversation further, and it's like you know, and and also like what what does my opinion on any particular Sifu mean? If you go to someone's school and you like the training you're getting, and you like what you're doing there, and you feel that what you're learning is of value, yeah. then um, what does it matter what someone else thinks about it, right? I think people need to to worry less about you know what other people have to say about their Sifu or their lineage. Um, let's see, Michael Phoenix, KFG is the gong Xiao bong. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll, I'll take that, whatever that means. Um, and <laughs> I like, we get these things here, like Mikey Dean just types in awful and I have absolutely no idea what he's referencing. Uh, Brandon Lee, biopic. um, yeah, we have another question here. Brandon Lee biopic. I don't know if Brandon Lee is, um, uh, relevant enough for hollywood to do something on that that would be interesting let's see here uh see for subtitles a mr han prequel uh would be brilliant uh chang jin from master z would be perfect as a young Sekin. actually would be i don't know i think as much as yeah i don't really like those reboots and things like that but there might be something there with like the young yeah. uh, han fall from grace the fallen shaolin <laughs> monk right uh how about they still call me bruce that was another kind of uh, there was a comedy in the 70s. I think there were two of them. Uh, and it was a Korean actor. I think Johnny Yoon or something like that. Or some, something Yoon. And uh, um, yeah, it was called They Still Call Me Bruce or They Call Me Bruce. And it was kind of making fun of 
the um the trope that everyone thinks that like asian people all know martial arts especially in the uh in the 70s um all right let's see here axel stone asks uh, did uh bruce ever talk to ted wong about what he was teaching him as opposed to what he taught dan and everyone else it seems uh like it's thanks to ted that we have any real idea about what bruce lee's jkd is um i'm not touching jkd politics with a 10-foot long pole um how would i know what ted wong told bruce lee how would anyone know all parties involved are gone um so yeah it would it wouldn't be right for me to say all right this is this is what's up um question all right so we got a few more we're going to wrap up here uh definitely what is who is this guy definitely uh not ben lenty okay i'm gonna assume i'll take that at face value uh question is there a connection between white crane kung fu and wing chun yeah definitely um wing chun back hawk we're talking about uh fujian white crane by the way i recognize that my camera for whatever reason is a lot of focus but there's not really a whole lot i can do about that um yeah so when we talk about um uh eternal spring white crane we're not talking about like the tibetan northern style white crane we're talking about southern crane yeah it's part of our dna that's one of our uh, core martial arts um let's see what else do we got here left before we wrap it up uh chum alfred lang samo could really move like bruce lee yeah it's like what we were talking about earlier absolutely yep. i think samo was one of the best in terms of imitating the way bruce lee really um really moved uh pat six six seven zero jkd contest with ojkd go yeah good luck with that i've already tackled this in my own way on a number of different podcasts but uh no i'm definitely not definitely not going there um okay here we go we got nick eclectico again uh did any of your students get to compete in mma or kickboxing or sandan not necessarily professionally in amateur tournaments for example um yeah some of my students uh not necessarily while they're doing wing chun some of them came from those arts and some of them went to them afterwards i don't teach people to fight in the ring i don't train people for for the ring so it's not really what i do um <laughs> one mikey deed you've left it on soft focus mode for the kfg after dark yes of course uh all right cool well hey um before we get out of here tofer uh if people are in the florida area and they want to uh get a hold of you or hang out with you or train how what's the best way for people to get a hold of you uh you can find me on the instagrams at that other wing chun guy that other uh, wing chun guy. yes that other wing chun guy um I have a Facebook page for my school. It's Wing Chun SRQ, which is the call sign for the airport because it's the easiest way to find us. Um, just hit me up. Uh, hit me up on the Facebooks or on the Instagrams. If you're in the Sarasota area, come on out. Awesome. Cool, man. Hey, this was a lot of fun. We definitely got to do this again. Absolutely. And uh, I, I hope uh, everyone thought my uh, streaming skills were okay. I did everything. I did everything myself. I'm very proud. Um, but next time it'll be better. Uh, so cool. Well, hey guys, thank you so much for coming. Thank you to everyone who supported us and uh, who sent in those super chats. Definitely appreciate it. And uh, for our Patreons, I'll be doing a special episode for you guys, which goes just on Patreon since we didn't have a regular episode this week. And I will see you guys next time. Take care, guys. Thanks, Topher. We'll see you soon. See ya. And every day I practice martial arts. <laughs> 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 <laughs>